I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Profiling and styling. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. So I was thinking today about possible AD destinations besides the, I was like, who, who could be the wild cards, you know? Who and by the time be- you're hearing this, he probably got traded already. He's already traded. <laughs> we're recording this. The, we're recording this Friday afternoon. Isaac's going is going out on the weekend, so I have no idea when this is going to actually run. But he is uh, he's going to be out next week, so we'll run this. He's going out on the weekend. I'm I'm leaving on the weekend. I'll be gone away from out of Texas for for the whole week. But if something crazy happens, I might try to get back on the pod for a little bit. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking, who could be the OKC, like Paul George, Toronto, Kawhi? Who could be that for Anthony Davis? And I have a fun team to throw out there to you. A fun team would have been Brooklyn, but they yeah. kind of got rid of some draft assets. So I still don't think it's impossible for Brooklyn. There's still a pathway for that to happen, I think. But what if what if a team completely changes course, a.k.a. what if the Atlanta Hawks what if the Atlanta Hawks said, we'll give you Kent Bazemore, John Collins, Herder, an 8 and 10 for AD? It's and not, at that point, not enough. Okay. Is there anything else they can throw in there? Future first? 17, throw in 17, throw in Trey Young. Throw- <laughs> well, how, that's better than the Lakers offer. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be super into the pairing of Zion and John Collins. Okay. The Hawks would have done it. People, oh, Hawks yeah, fans are all that's about that. That's what I'm that. saying. The Hawks would have done it. Yeah. But, like, in that, if the Hawks did that and they paired, if, if they had, they could keep Trey Young, pretty much offer everything else for AD, and it's Trey Young, AD, and then they have cap space to go sign a guy. And who, who, like, who would the guy be? I don't know. But like, if you got Jimmy Butler, or and in that case, you would have, you'd still have a couple expirings that come off your book, and you would have open cap space again next summer. That would be fun. It's a very optimistic look at Trey Young. I just don't think you're gonna win much right now with Trey Young as your, your starting point guard. Ooh, uh, I think it depends on who you got. I mean, if you, if you got Anthony Davis and then you have another guy, I'm talking if they land somebody else alongside they, of him, they too. Have to, they have to, AD is one year left on his deal. They have to win enough to convince him to stay. Very true. They're Very not convincing true. him to stay with, with you know, a second-year point guard that can't defend. No, no, I, I think that you only do that trade if you know that there's a free agent out there like a Jimmy Butler, like a Chris Middleton, something like that that's saying, hey, yeah, if you swing for AD, I'll sign for you. I'll sign with you this summer. Because then you'd still have cap space the following summer. That would be intriguing. I'm just saying. I was just trying to think of another team out there that they won't. They're going to continue to play the long game. In it's definitely Atlanta, an off the wall option. That is for sure. It is. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it'd be it'd be fun. 
All right, today on the podcast, we are going to break down three potential, um, I guess, guys the Mavericks could potentially pick. Two of them for sure the Mavericks could potentially pick, and then one of them a name that's been thrown around a lot. Today, we are going to profile Luka Simonich. Got the name. Got the name. Admiral Schofield and Taco Fall or Taco Fall. I'm going to call him Taco because I just prefer that. Sorry, bud. But we're going to break down those three guys' profile just like we did last year. If you didn't listen to these the last – whoa. Is this this is the third year, right? This is the third year we've done draft profiles. Oh, my gosh, yes. That's wild. We did, we did a bunch of first-rounders before the Mavericks didn't get their pick. But we do just the overall profile of them, physical – um, we do strengths, weaknesses, availability, ceiling, floor, NBA comp, future role on the Mavericks, roster impact for the Mavericks, and then finally we break it down why the Mavs should take them and why they shouldn't take them. Just a straight up breakdown of this player. So let's start it right away. Lucas Simonich, 6'11, 227 pounds, a 6'10 wingspan, so he's a little bit of a square. He's going to be 19 at the draft. Um, he's from Croatia. He played overseas last year and played in the Slovenian League formerly. The Ringer has these one-sentence breakdowns of him, and I used a lot of Ringer and ESPN stuff because I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time, you know, as as I have lat, the last couple of years, like watching a ton of film on these guys. I I took a lot from from the Ringer and ESPN, so I'm going to credit them. But the Ringer has these awesome one-sentence details of a player. He says, "Fluid athlete who looks the part of a stretch big." But his shooting numbers and lack of physicality leave much to be desired. I just thought that was a, a good look overall at at uh, at Luca. So that's just the over, that's him overall um, strengths for him on offense. Like they said, he's a fluid athlete. He has good footwork. He can shoot out to the three point line. I, thought, I think he shot like thirty three percent or something like that. He didn't shoot exceptionally well, and and he he can improve that for sure. Like he he has the like they say, they ha- he has the look of it. <laughs> um, his shot looks pretty good. He has a couple things he can fix, though. Um, he can go off the dribble. He's pretty he's, like he's pretty fluid athlete. Can can drive uh, and a decent passer as well on offense. That's a couple of strengths. And then he can be a good defender. He can he can switch out. We'll talk about some weaknesses he has in that area, though. Um, but he has potential in that area too. Yeah. <laughs> Luca, if you if you look at international prospects in this draft, when you get past the and I'm probably gonna butcher this last name, but the Dumbuya, um, yeah, Seku, Seku Dumbuya, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, he's the clear top international prospect of this draft. After him, you are looking at Luca, and you know he he's 19. He's from Croatia. He played, I think, on the reserve Barcelona team a few years ago, 2016 or 2017, one of those years, and he is, you know, a younger, um, still developing type of prospect. Some people think that he could be a draft and stash, or you know, he's probably not a guy that wherever he goes at the end of the first, you know, second, wherever, he's probably not a guy that's going to get a ton of minutes your first year, uh, or at least a ton of minutes on a winning team. And you know, if he's getting, if he's getting a ton of minutes, that probably means you're in, back in the lottery. But, um, but no, yeah, with Luca. He kind of gives me a little Dragon Bender vibes, little Jan Vesely vibes. This is uh, round thirty-seven is probably where Dragon Bender should have gone, to be honest. Oh yes, that <laughs> he went four. God. Yes, and, and so so his draft stock on where he can go in the draft it, it kind of varies some, and 
his he came to the combine. He, he, there was that video that I think Mike Schmitz uh, tweeted out of him taking these corner threes. Pretty much everybody there was watching him go through this kind of shooting workout. Um, that helped, you know. That gotta love that the was, empty gym, Isaac. Gotta love the empty gym. Empty court. The whole gym was full uh, at the combine. So empty, empty defenders for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you said it, it's that you know he shot thirty three percent from three. You want to see that uh, as a you know stretch big. You want to see that be a higher number. So a lot of people want to see how this shot translates. Can he get more consistent with it? And uh, you know, buy some of his combine stuff. A couple of the scrimmages there. Defending, he takes a lot of pride in defense. He did this Q and A uh, with hoops hype, and. He really talked about defense in a couple of those answers. How he's and when you watch some of his, like Nick said, these are with us just this kind of whole week. You're gonna get a lot of second rounders thrown at you. So last the past two years, we've been doing like super in depth first round draft profiles, one pod, one guy, and we've spent all this time watching a ton of these tapes. Go back and listen to the Luka Luka Doncic one. It's great. We're very (laughs) smart. We're very smart people. For these second rounders, we're doing three a pod, and yeah. honestly, I mean, we don't even know if Dallas is going to keep their pick at 37. <laughs> uh, so I'm not spending hours on draft tape in on Luca so much. So when they draft I, a guy, we will we'll go back and we'll, oh for sure we'll probably let's do let's let's decide this if they draft a guy, we'll go back and do a full one, a full profile of, of oh, the yeah. guy. A dedicated pod just for yeah. that, but he is super springy. He is super versatile. He is like he's a he's a decent defender. Like it's not a yeah. you know I don't want to you know get into the whole like stereotypes and all that stuff. But he is a like a very versatile defender in that. But he's super skinny, and that's yeah. that's one of the if we just transition into the the weaknesses, um, his his body frame is one of them that you know does worry a little bit. Yeah, like. So the next one we're doing is Admiral Schofield and Luca Simonic is, is yeah no the opposite. Luca Simonic is 6'11", 227. Admiral Schofield is 6'5", 241. Dang. <laughs> I mean, just the difference in those two guys. I mean, Admiral Schofield would be able to push Luca around in the post. We, should, we should, can't call him Luca. He would push Simonic around in the post. Uh, weaknesses, like you said, size. He's going to struggle against bigger post players. To me. Physically, he looks like the Hernan Gomez brothers, right? Like just that that kind of a build. Yeah, he might be a little bit more springy than them. Just but, just physically, like looks wise. Oh yeah, physically. Well, yeah. When they first came in the league, I think they're a little bit. They have a little bit more weight on them now. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, man, his his below average shooting like really holds him back. If he was a forty percent, you know, forty three percent three point shooter, we would be so high on him. <laughs> That, that's just the one thing that he has to work on. And uh, if he develops that, then we're talking about maybe a completely different player. He has the mobility uh, to go out and guard, but he's not super quick to where he's going to be able to you know, guard quicker guards, which you know, very, very special bigs can go out and guard guards like that. But he just he cannot. He gets blown by a ton. And he, this is against not NBA talent or NCAA talent. Either. I, uh, I don't want to say that. Never mind. Um, Don't have everybody yeah. come at me. <laughs> <laughs> is it the second best league in the world, though? Uh, I don't think he was in the Euro League last year. No, he wasn't. No, no. Uh, he was in. So uh, it's not Slovenia. Isaac. <laughs> he was actually Maybe in the, the fifth the league in the Slo- world. I don't know. I don't know how to rank them. <laughs> he was in the Slovenian league last year, but 
But now, what would that fit look like for Dallas? What? Why would Dallas swing for you know swing for him if he's there at thirty-seven? It would be a pure upside swing because where Dallas wants to go next year um, and pushing for the playoffs and stuff, uh, Samanich probably isn't gonna. It's gonna be more of a developmental thing. He would probably spend some time in the G League. Um, he, I, I would assume that there are some teams out there that are saying, hey, you know, we'll draft him and stash him, you know, and he won't come over this next season. Um, but yeah, it would be an upside swing with probably with how, how his body frame is now, I would be worried putting him at the five, but so you'd be drafting probably to be like a stretch four thing. Um, I think the question, one of the questions is, and I read this piece on it and, or I read, um, gosh, what was it? I want to, I want to give them credit cause they brought up this analogy and it, um, it made me laugh a little bit from it, but, uh, I think it was, well, no. But anyway, it said, which way will he swing in the league? Will he swing towards Dragon Bender or or will he swing towards like a Larry Markkinen? Mm. And I think that's where you got to decide like how his development will go. The Larry Markkinen would be quite the swing. I mean, Larry Markkinen is is an elite three-point shooter and – Simonich is just not right now. But it's like that's the Simonich has the kind of athleticism's marketing. Some people didn't think marketing really had like he kind of surprised you with his athleticism. He yeah. can move like marketing. He just can't shoot it like marketing. And then you look at Bender. Bender was athletic when he came out, but marketing I, I want to say is a little bit little he, different. But he was athletic. He's not anymore. He's just, just <laughs> cement for cement blocks for shoes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so you're gonna see a common theme of guys that I like for Dallas and uh Simonich is a fun long-term play yeah but for me he doesn't fit that mold of what I think Dallas will want at 37 right so we'll we'll get into that in a little bit availability uh the ringer has him at 36 on their mock draft their latest mock draft and draft express I'm gonna call them draft express but they work for ESPN now the draft express guys have him at 30 um so that range, you know, like we said, the, the range from the end of the first round till, you know, the beginning of the second round is just going to be wild. There's guys going all over the place. So he's definitely in the range for the Mavericks to pick, maybe a little bit higher, depending on how much teams take from the combine process. His ceiling and floor, um, we could see him be a starter like, you know, like an Ilyasova, like a Miritich. If you get in the right situation, uh, those guys are obviously better shooters. But if he becomes that, then he could be a starter like like one of those guys. Uh, his floor. I mean, he could be out of the league if he doesn't develop a good shot. Yeah, I think it, it just all comes down to his shooting because I love how he moves. I love his uh, versatility defensively. I like his hustle. Uh, yeah, I like his feel for the game. It just comes down to his shot, and so I think a ceiling is yeah what the path that Laurie Markkinen's on right now. I think that's the ceiling that you would ideally want him to be on in year like three or four and yeah, I, I yeah i guess i i think lord Markin is so good i think he's gonna be an all-star no i think yes i think he's good i'm saying where La- where marketing was year one i think you would want Simonich to be that in year three or four if that makes sense it makes sense i don't agree with that i think it's a stretch still but so you think he's more bender <laughs> yes okay which is fine. I mean, Just I think from it's all like, the, yeah. the takes and all the, the stuff that I read on him. Um, NBA comp. What about Nemanja Bielitsa? Sure. I think Bielitsa is a little, a little bit heavier, a little bit more. 
True, yeah. Bielitsa came in, but... and everybody thought he was going to be this great, you know, stretch four, and he struggled to shoot at the beginning of his career too. And then it wasn't until you know recently, and then now with Sacramento, he ended up being you know, a pretty good shooter. Um, the mobility issues the same for Bielitsa that they are for for Simonic. Uh, did you have any comps? No, just Bender. The Ringer, Bender, Jan Vesely. Um, the Ringer also put yeah. Maxi like sh- they do shades of. They don't do NBA comp. They put Maxi and Thonmaker. It's like, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The Maxi one I can I get because that. he was supposed to be a stretch four. He came in, and Maxi's a better post defender, I think, than Simonich is. But we we know, we intimately know Maxi's game, so we're going to be critical of that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maxi's definitely, Maxi can definitely guard on the post better. Um, but we didn't know that but, coming in. I mean, we didn't know that about him. True. Yeah, sure. Okay. Ross. Future role, I mean, he would start for sure as a bench. I mean, he'd be like your 12th guy probably. Uh, he'd be a bench yeah. big. You could bring him off the bench. He would be in Frisco some. Yes. Yeah, he would probably play in Frisco some. Roster impact, it wouldn't have impacted at all. <laughs> you would put him in no. Frisco for a little bit maybe. Um, why the Mavs should take him. If they if they think that the shot is better than what, you know, the numbers say from, you know, playing in, in – playing overseas, if they think it's better than that, if it'll translate maybe better to the NBA um, with different factors. If they think that that's something they could develop, um, that he could, yeah. you know, develop. Like Maxi, Like so. Maxi, yeah. If they, if they can develop that, if they could, he, he could become quicker out on the perimeter and defend a little bit more, then all of a sudden you have, like, a 3 and D big, which is, you know, something that doesn't come along very often. I'm not going to lie. It would be super confusing having two Lucas. That's why they shouldn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing the marketing stuff would just be so ridiculous because they would just be on completely different levels. You have you know, it's it's like Dirk and Maxi trying to, to market those two together, but this time it's just the first name. So there you go. That's Lucas Amanich. Uh did you have anything else about why they shouldn't take him? No. Yeah, we kinda already said it. Alright, let's take a quick break and when we come back. Admiral Schofield. Let's go. All right, Isaac. Admiral Schofield, height six foot five, two hundred and forty-one pounds. <laughs> he has a six-nine, almost six-ten wingspan. He's twenty-two years old. He spent four years at Tennessee. This is the Ringer's one-sentence bio on him: Sports a physique that make bodybuilders blush, and has the potential skill set of a three and D forward. Like they say, and the, the Ringer, the first strength that they list is muscles. <laughs> That's the first strength is muscles. Uh, explosive athlete. He's a good three point shooter. He was a pretty good post scorer, obviously because of his, you know, his strength and, uh, and a good defender. He, you know, is not the quickest. So guarding guards is going to be a little bit, uh, difficult for him. He's, he's, he is carrying around a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That also, it can't be, that's why a lot of NBA players aren't just super jacked all the time. Man, Admiral Schofield's one of my favorites second rounders especially in that in that 30 range especially for the Mavericks because I think he checks off the boxes that I think Dallas could be going for and at that 37th pick that Tennessee team was fun this year in the SEC you know they had Admiral Schofield they had Grant Williams they had Jordan Bone and Grant Williams is going up (laughs) draft boards it feels like every day right now Uh, Admiral Schofield he's gonna he's if Admiral Schofield end up going in the late 20s I wouldn't be shocked and Jordan Bone had uh, an impressive combine measurement stuff. Uh, point guard would probably be a second round pick. So they Tennessee is normally not 
that good, especially in the SEC because it's normally just all Kentucky. But they were ranked number one in the nation at one point this past season in college basketball. And, you know, they were, I think, a two seed in the tournament. But uh, it they all centered around this forward combo of Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. And Schofield, you know, four-year player in college, he's 22. That's one of those things when it comes into what I think the Mavericks are going to want at that, that 37th pick. I think they really could. If they keep the pick, I think they're going to want to go for somebody that could be like a wing version of Jalen Brunson. Right. And that they want somebody, because if they go out and spend all of their money, then you're going to be filling out the roster. You want some guys that you know can step in and play some. Jalen Brunson, that's you know the knock on him was his age, and he played three years at Villanova and all this different stuff. Admiral Schofield is one of those guys. He's a four-year guy. He's already 22, like we said, but it the frame and everything. I mean, he's got <laughs> you watch him at Tennessee. It's kind of funny watching him like walk around the court. Like, who is this like monster? Because like Zion was one thing, but like you can't compare anything to Zion. But literally, Schofield's one of those like one of those top five guys that I've seen in college basketball over the past like three or four years that you look at him in a basketball jersey and you're like, holy crap, this kid's like in college. I mean, he's just, I mean, <laughs> jacked. And so what you want from that person, you know, and what I think Dallas want, what we would want at that 37 spot is who can, who can be your three and D guy? Like we've said a thousand times, you can never have enough six, five, six, six to six, nine guys on your roster. And on top of that, not only does he play really good defense, but he shot the, he shot forty one percent from three last year. That's big time. I mean that's a that's a big time percentage and somebody um, a shooting percentage I definitely want at thirty seven. Absolutely, that is is for sure something that you would want. Um, he was a featured scorer at Tennessee though too, so that took away a little bit of his. Um, he's going to get some more catch and shoot opportunities in the NBA, which I think will will help that percentage somehow even more. Which he was very, very good at, according to Synergy last year at Tennessee. He was in the 86th percentile, an excellent rating as a spot-up shooter at Tennessee. So you might look at somebody like that and be like, "Man, he's so jacked. He's so, you know, he's just this like physical specimen. He's he likes to, you know, he he hustles a lot, gives a lot of effort." Some people might look at that and say, "Yeah, he's this, you know, he's there's no way he's a 40% three-point shooter." No, he is. Like he he, he can shoot the lights out. So another tidbit that I really liked about him, he came into Tennessee as a three-star recruit, and now he's going to walk out of Tennessee as probably a late first, early second round draft pick. And I think that's that doesn't always happen. And that's pretty impressive on his part and shows you the work that he put in. Yeah, and, and he's a guy that had to put that work in. He wasn't he didn't just stay in college because he, you know, wanted to, right? <laughs> like he had to yeah. go put that work in and he ended up being the player that he is now. Weaknesses, um, he took a ton of mid range shots. That's one of the things the ringer said is that yeah. he, he forced a lot of mid range shots because he was a featured scorer at Tennessee and so his percentages as far as you know, two point shots weren't that great, and his shot selection didn't look good. Um, yeah, and then the his, his ability to guard guards is not that great either. So he's not going to be one of your guys like like Dor like they put Dorian on, you know, guards sometimes to guard them. I don't think Admiral Schofield, at least right out of the gate, is going to be as good guarding you know quicker guards. Yeah, because that's that's kind of a question you got to ask yourself. Like, what position does he play? And a lot of times you don't like. We don't really care about that question anymore, especially in, in today's NBA. But at six five six six at and two forty, you know, ideally you're looking at a six five six six guys like a two guard. 
But at 240, there's a lot of two guards in the league that he's just he might not be able to keep up with. You get like CJ McCollum at, at a two guard, and you're saying, hey, Schofield at 240, go go check him. You know, McCollum's probably going to go around him. So he might actually go pro- check him, like hockey check him instead. <laughs> like hockey check him. Yeah, like, so you're going to put him on you know threes. There's there's going to be lineups. If he doesn't lose weight, there's going to be lineups in which he – I mean, you really are playing a small ball forward that he you know he can hold his ground with his upper body strength in, in the post against some of these fours in the league, against these Paul Millsaps and guys in the league. So I think that's the – you know, the ringer, uh, I think they threw out there a semi-ogile or something as a comp and one of their things and I think he can be better and better than Ojale because I feel like we haven't even seen Ojale hardly at all but imagine what Ojale looked like and people talked about how jacked he was I think Schofield's bigger than Ojale <laughs> not bigger like size wise but he's he's more defined muscles like upper body yes but yeah like like semi Ojale is you know a different kind of big I think yeah um, availability. The Ringer has him at 44, and Draft Express, the ESPN guys, have him at 36. So a wide range of outcomes. Mm. He's definitely available there for the Mavericks, unless, like Isaac said, somebody just falls in love with the intangibles and that kind of stuff. And then there's another team. And and the end of the first round, you have these teams that are they're saying, like, hey, we really want you know a guy like this, a guy that's going to be able to, to right away be able to to get get on the court, guard somebody, hit a three. Uh, things like that. A team like, uh, let's see, end of the first round, like like Golden State. What? No, you said Golden State. I was literally going to throw them out there. Look right now. They're trying to just have bodies right now to throw at people. When you, If you could pick a position to have bodies to throw at somebody, you, you pick the wing spot. Because right now, Schofield would probably be better than Alphonso McKinney right now. I mean, that's the... Maybe. like the, That's the type of thing that you want to throw him... You, know, you you have somebody like that, you know, at his his frame and that he can hit the outside shot that, you, you know, you could throw him on the floor and trust him to do those two things. So Milwaukee, too. That was that was the first team that came to my mind. I wanted to make sure they still had their pick. Yeah, that could be a team if, you know, if they lose like a Sterling Brown or something like that, that they could replace him that way. And you look at like the Mavericks when you look at the roster and why we bring up the wing. You know, you got J- you got Jalen Brunson. Luca's gonna be running point. You got JJ coming back, and then when you look at bigs, you have KP and you know and Dwight and that whole situation we talked about on you know on last week's on last Friday's pod. And then you know Maxi, if Maxi comes back, you know those are if Salah comes back, which he should be coming back. So that's three or four big guys right there. A wing depth, you know, person at thirty-seven uh, would would be ideal and. Wing depth, an older guy that is like Brunson that you can trust to put on the court that could be more NBA ready right now. Somebody that can hit the you know three at a forty percent clip like he did in college. Like that's the type of guy that I want at thirty seven. That's why I'm all in on Admiral Schofield at thirty seven for Dallas. Ooh, all in. I'm all in. He, he, he's a group of prospects that I really really like at that spot. Ceiling and floor, he could obviously be a three and D starter. I mean, we could see him play in the finals for sure, like we we talked about. If he hits his ceiling both as a defender and as a shooter, I mean, boom, just just throw him out there. My comp for him, uh, a more explosive, less quick PJ Tucker. Yeah, feeling yeah, it. solid, feeling it. Feeling it? Yeah, uh, the ringer had Semi Ojale, and they also had Stanley Johnson. We hope he can. We can. He, I think he can shoot. Better right now than Stanley Johnson can right now. Than both of them. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Sammy Ojale is just because of the physique. 
<laughs> really? Like, that's what they put. Um, roster impact. What If they end up taking Admiral Schofield, what does that mean for Dorian and Justin Jackson? Nothing. I don't think it means anything. That's what's so great about drafting this position. You just you just keep adding them. I mean, you can play all three of those guys together with Luca and you know Porzingis. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that that's the because Schofield's not going to step in and be your starter on day one. I mean, even if you have all three of those guys coming off the bench, awesome, cool. <laughs> because you you need you you always need those guys. You know, you always need the wings coming off the bench. So even if they go out and sign uh, Chris Middleton in the offseason and Justin Jackson and Finney Smith coming off the bench, and then you're like, oh, and and you have Schofield, awesome. The more the merrier. So sign me up. Absolutely. Why the map should take him if they if they want a player that can help them. You know, right now if they decide like they said they want another Jalen Brunson type. They believe in the intangibles. They believe that he can you know defend a bunch of different positions eventually um yeah i mean it's pretty straightforward he's pretty straightforward really yeah and there's i mean you brought this up it it shouldn't affect finney smith and you know and justin jackson but if there's a world in which they look at schofield and say hey he's 22 he might be able to shoot it better than finney smith and if finney smith gets an offer from somebody it's like five or six million dollars on the market and they're like man i don't know like i we would could you know dallas could ask themselves and say is Schofield, you know, does he give us enough to where, or is it worth paying Finney Smith $6 million whenever we just drafted Schofield who could give us 80% of what Finney Smith is right now and could be at, you know, past Finney Smith in a year or two down the road? So that that's a question you could ask yourself. I don't think they would. I think they just bring everybody back for it. But anyway. That's a question. Um, there you go. Anything else you want to say about Admiral Schofield before we move on? No, he's a winner. He's an older uh, vet, college quote vet, and uh, I would love him on the Mavericks. He's a vet. He's twenty two. <laughs> we talk about these guys like they're thirty or they're like entering the I mean, NBA ta- prime. Ta- well, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, who's going to be a first round draft pick. I mean, he's eighteen. He's going to get drafted at eighteen. Schofield's four years older than Tucker, and they're going to be in the same draft. That's insane. It's wild. Like Schofield is already like potty trained by the time that that guy, that guy was born. <laughs> That is coming out of the womb, potty trained. <laughs> and with biceps, defined biceps. <laughs> All right, let's take another break. And when we come back, Taco. Taco Benno. All right, Isaac. Taco Taco Fall. This was the most, this is the in, most interesting one, I think, for me, especially of our draft, of all the draft profiles. He's seven foot six, 288 pounds, eight foot two wingspan. That's insane. Doesn't even make his s- measurements. It doesn't is even make absolutely sense. unreal. <laughs> He's twenty three years old. I did not know that when I when I went into this. I don't know why I did not know that he is twenty three years old already. Um, I'm just gonna come out right and say this that we we shouldn't just waste any more time. But the Ringer and Draft Express from ESPN didn't have him ranked at all. Not in the top sixty. They didn't have him drafted. I think he's going undrafted unless just the team takes a huge, you know, risk at him. Mavericks will absolutely not take him at 37. Not going out on a limb saying that. Come on, Nick. Don't be a party pooper. This is the ultimate, hey, let's look at a guy with tools and then try to draft him when he just doesn't have the ability. There are uh, hills that I will die on, and this is not one of them that I will (laughs) die on. (laughs) 
Uh, no, the idea of, uh, I think it is taco, but we'll go with taco. Uh, the idea of taco is fun. It's fun to watch measurements and the, and the clips, but yeah, I don't think he, um, I, I could see somebody taking him late second him being, <laughs> remember <laughs> what did we, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Well, who was who the guy that we drafted and, and, the, and we used to make a segment about it. Back when we first started, and um, about a guy, a guy that the Dallas that the Mavericks drafted AJ Hammonds. No, 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 and uh, and he, he was from India. Oh, Satnam, Satnam Shame, yes, <laughs> yes, that. No, he, Taco is not Satnam. Come on. Okay, he's not Satnam, but he's like better I think, than that, but. But I could see a team going that route with him like Dallas went with Satnam and to where they would take him he's, and it would be... He's more like Boban would, to me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That, that's the thing. I actually put that on a note on it is it, 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 you do get Boban vibes and the, the, I think fans will... He'll instantly be a fan favorite. He'll instantly be fun. He's going to be a preseason guy. Like I can't wait for him to make a preseason roster and somebody to throw him out there and the fans just go nuts over him just to see him on the floor. But the the difference is Boban actually has like a decent touch and like Boban wow, is shots. actually well like Boban actually you know shot a few threes this past year right I mean he hit a couple threes this well, past in the playoffs, year Boban. he hit some jumpers I mean we all saw it yeah so he he's got some touch Taco Taco struggle struggles with that but I mean he isn't an, an, an I mean he should be but he is an amazing offensive rebounder um, and getting the ball back up now. What does what does make you question a little bit? He literally just averaged seven rebounds uh, last year. So he played for UCF. He's eighteen feet tall, and he averaged seven rebounds. I Means people could say the same about Porzingis. True, but Taco <laughs> does nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least there's an argument for Porzingis that hey, you know. He shoots threes. He plays on the perimeter a little bit. You know, he's he's really skinny, stuff like that. Like Taco's got meat on his bones, and he literally just plays inside at all times because he he can't shoot a three uh, at all. Uh, his free throw percentage last year, his free throw percentage literally got worse every single year that he played in, in college. It went from fifty five to forty six to forty six to thirty six. So. I don't want this just to be a whole segment of trashing on Taco because uh, we literally threw. Some of you might be saying, "Why are you even doing a profile on Taco?" Yeah, yeah. Because we, a lot of people on Twitter have. When those measurements first came out, how many tweets did did we get about? Oh my gosh, could Taco be? A- do you think he's gonna be there even at thirty seven? <laughs> he's definitely a first round pick, right? Should we trade up for also, him? Also, I, I, I tweeted about, I was like, man, we freaked out about Mo Bamba's measurements. This guy is even, you know, bigger than, than Mo Bamba. Like, Mo Bamba was what, 7'10", his wingspan was? Yeah. It was four inches longer, his like wingspan. Right. So I was like, we were freaking out about that. And some people took it to say, hey, since we were freaking so much about Mo Bamba, we should freak out as much about Taco Fall no. and that he's going to go high. No, that's not what I meant. I was just saying physically, it's just crazy that he is, you know, that big. Yeah. I actually put on my notes like Boban and Bamba and how he compares to them. Like Bamba's just a whole different class of athlete. 
I mean, from running to shooting, Bauman could shoot a three, from being able to defend in the pick and roll. Like, Taco just gets torched in a, in a you know pick and roll. The moment Taco sets foot on the court, I mean, if the opposing team doesn't run a high pick and roll with his man, then that coach should just walk off the floor. Because, that, I mean, that's literally w- what you're going to do and what you have to do against that. Uh, if we're going to do a positive from it, he was second in all of D1 in field goal percentage. He shot the ball 75% from the field. Okay. Yeah. You can work with that. I mean, that. they're all like one-foot shots. but You can work with that. <laughs> it's kind of like Shaq. Whenever people would freak out about Shaq's field goal percentage, Mike, literally all he does is dunk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is this like a yeah, middle thing? Robert, Robert, no, Robert. No. Sacre? No, Robert, Robert Sacre. Howard Covington? Howard Beck. I don't know why I just said Robert. <laughs> Robert? <laughs> Robert Beck. I think for some reason I put together Bleacher Report, like the R. I don't know. Uh, Howard Beck made a big thing about how we shouldn't even use field goal percentage anymore because teams or players are taking threes so much. For a yes. guy like Taco, we should still use field goal percentage because it's just two-point percentage, right? <laughs> yes. The same thing. So there you go. That is Taco Fall, Admiral Schofield, and Luka Samanich. Tweet us. What do you think about these prospects? Let us know if we are completely wrong about Taco and give me a breakdown of why you think that he should actually go drafted instead of undrafted. Now, Let us I'm know. not going to lie. If if he goes undrafted and they need to fill one of those 17 roster or one of the 20 man roster spots for training camp and that means we get to see Taco play in summer league and maybe a preseason game or two uh with Taco in Dallas, I'd be down. I'd be down for that. I'd like to uh I'd like to see uh, Taco up close and uh, at practice and all that stuff. That'd be a lot of fun. But as far as a key part of a uh, good team moving forward, I don't, I don't see that happening at the moment. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. He's up. Boom.